Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore. I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church, located in Fort Washington, Maryland. And um, I'm glad to have you as an audience on today. Thank you so very much for your presence. I'm going to ask you to look with me at a passage of Scripture that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. Here is what it says. It's a short passage. It says this. It says, walk by faith and not by sight, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That's the passage, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I want to challenge us today, as many of us are working through our own faith in God. I want to challenge us here, and I want you to kind of Hear me as I lay out this particular presentation on today. The Apostle Paul exhorts believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to walk by faith and not by sight. When we look at this passage of Scripture, what we see here is a contrast between truth and perception. Please allow me to do this again. When we look at the passage found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, what we see is a contrast between truth and perception. What I mean by that is what we know and believe to be true over against what we perceive to be true. And this is where many believers, many Christians struggle with a lack of faith. This is the basis for it. The main reason why many believers struggle with a lack of faith is that we follow our perceptions of what is true rather than what we know to be true by faith. And I guess perhaps probably before we go any further, it it might be helpful for us to come up with a working definition of faith. What, you know, what is faith? Contrary to popular opinion, contrary to popular opinion, you all, um, faith is not belief without proof. I I need to say that again. Contrary to popular opinion, faith is not belief without proof. Um, That's the definition that many skeptics give for faith. That particular kind of definition reduces faith to um, mere fideism, fideism, F-I-D, E-I-S-M. And let me tell you what that means. 
Fideism is the idea that um, religious faith and reason are compatible with each other. It's the view that religious faith is separate or separated from reason and cannot be reconciled with it. That's what fideism is. Now, what I need you to know is that that's not what faith is. Um, faith is the concept of faith is not belief without proof or belief despite the evidence. Rather, faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Let me say that again. Faith is not belief without proof or belief despite the evidence. Faith is, however, a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. That trust or confidence we have in someone is built up over time as they prove themselves faithful time and time again. So then, Christianity is a faith-based religion. It's based on faith in God and his son, Jesus Christ. God has provided us with his word. He's given unto us a testimony of his, of his faithfulness through his word to his people all throughout history. And in it bears essentials. So Christianity is faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I'll do it again. Christianity, then, is faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ claimed to be the promised Messiah and the Son of God. His life was one of perfect righteousness according to the revealed law of God. His death was an atoning sacrifice for the sins of his people. And he was raised um, back to life three days after his death. And we place our faith and trust in Christ alone for our salvation. God, God, God takes our sin, he places it on the cross of Christ, and awards us by grace with the perfect righteousness of Christ. And that, my brothers and sisters, in a nutshell, is the Christian message. As Christians, we're called to believe this message and live in light of it. Now, despite this, you all, we struggle as believers with believing the biblical account because it doesn't match up with our perception of reality. Bam, let me do it one more time. We as believers struggle with believing the biblical account because it doesn't match up with our perception of reality. We may believe that Jesus was a real person. We may believe that he died by crucifixion at the hands of the Romans. We may even believe that he led a perfect life according to God's law, but we don't see how faith in Christ makes us righteous before God. We, we can't see Jesus atoning for our sins. We, we can't see or perceive any of the great truths of Christianity, and therefore we struggle with lack of faith. And as a result of this lack of perception, our lives often do not reflect the fact that we really believe what we claim 
to believe. And there are many reasons for this phenomenon amongst us believers, many reasons. Y'all. The main reason we struggle with faith is that we don't truly know the God in whom we profess to have faith in. I mean, y'all, in our daily lives, we don't trust complete strangers. Come on. We don't trust complete strangers. The more intimately we know someone and the more time we had to see them in action, the more likely we are to believe what they say. But if God is essential and if God is um, um, a stranger to us, we're less likely to believe what he said in his word. The only cure for this is to spend more time in God's word getting to know him. Come on, you all. The world, the flesh, and the devil often distracts us. By the world, I, I, I meant um, the accepted wisdom of the unbelieving world and the culture in which we find ourselves. The flesh refers to our sinful nature that still clings to Christians. Um, and, and for those of us who are believers, which we struggle on a daily basis with, the devil I'm referring to Satan as his, as his um, hordes of evil spirits and who excite and entices us through the world and our senses. These things all afflict us and cause us struggle with faith. And that's why we as believers got to be constantly reminded of what Christ has done for us and what our responses should be according to what he's done for us. The Apostle Paul says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. That's what Romans chapter 10, verse 17 tells us. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Our faith is built up as we have the gospel continually presented to us through teaching and preaching. And that's why I just believe that the foundation in which we build our relationship with God on cannot be purely emotionalism. It has to be built on me knowing God through his word that comes by way of preaching and teaching of the word of God. Um, Too many of us spend our time and energy and resources on things that excite us and not those things that help to build our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So God tells us, if you want to build your faith, know me. Faith cometh from hearing the word of God. It comes from hearing, from hearing, from knowing. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. My brothers and sisters, let me thank you so very much for your time today and allowing me to, in fact, um, challenge us in our faith as we continue to, in fact, grow in the Lord. We need his word. And the only way that we build up faith 
is by getting to know the person in whom we are placing our faith. And the more we know about him, the stronger our faith will become. I'm going to ask you today to join with me in prayer by way of your faith in belief in God to do what he says he would do. I want to pray today for Gloria Haran, who's suffering from arthritis pain. Praying today for the healing of Jennifer Hines, who is in ICU, due to complications from her chemo treatments. I want to ask you all to pray for the healing of Rashard Etheridge regarding health issues. We're praying for healing for William Scott of Rochester, New York, who is um, in a nursing home recovering um, from a stroke. Would you pray? I would like to ask if you would pray for Jamal Moore today. Lady Cynthia, our son, who had a surgical procedure on yesterday, if you all would lift Jamal in prayer, praying for Sister Mary Davis and Deacon Evelyn Mack, Sister Martina Baxter and Sister Doretha Williams. We're praying for Edna Monroe, who is at home, um, or rather who's healing from a stroke. We're praying for Associate Pastor Talia White, for Sister Velda Jones, we're praying. Marcella Balcom, we are praying. Praying for Elder Reggie Thomas, whose mother transitioned, and they are that homegoing service will be April the 1st. Praying for Brother Larry Thomas, healing from surgery. Um, we're praying for the family of Brother Levi and Sister Monique Manning, whose grandmother transitioned. I'm praying today for you, my brothers and sisters who are on this call. We're praying for Art Alley and uh, the transitioning of his wife. That homegoing service will be on this coming Saturday. Continual prayers are going up and for Nikki Thompson and um, Brother James at Collington Station and Pastor Stephen Tucker and Reverend Harold Brinkley, we are praying, continually lifting him up before the Lord. Christy and Garen Thielen, we lift their companies up to the Lord. Praying for you on today, for you, my brothers and sisters, as we continue to pray for First Lady. Um, ask that you all would uh, lift her in prayer. We pray today for not only First Lady, but for her mother, Jessie Thomas, if you would lift her in prayer today. For all those names I didn't know the call would pray. May I ask you to join me now as we touch and agree in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful, God, that you elected us to serve and to be a part of your family. God, we are grateful for the adoption that you allow to take place with us in the family. We recognize that, Lord, we have sinned. But through the process of you 
renewing unto us the Holy Spirit that you place inside of us that was dead. Because, God, of your justification, justifying us, we are able to be a part of your family. Now, Lord, we are not delusional at all. We know that we have sinned and fallen short of your glory. So we pray, even now, that thou would forgive our sins. Thank you for cleansing us and for your word that tells us that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you for your word even on today of instructions that you've given to us as you've challenged us in your word regarding our faith in you. God, we just wish it wouldn't, didn't hurt so much, but thank you for pushing us and for exposing us to know that you have been faithful and that God, every morning, Every day, you provide for us new mercies. The truth of the matter is, God, you have been faithful even when we were unfaithful. You made a way for us even when we weren't even deserving of a way being made. God, you turned things around for us even when we didn't even give you attention or the love that you so desired. Truth of the matter is, God, you, you've been faithful. We've been the ones who've been unfaithful. And so, Father, we confess today. We hear your word, God, hearing that cometh, or faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God, we thank you for your word that tells us if we had the faith, a grain the size of a mustard seed, God, we could speak to the mountains in our lives, and it has to be thou remove. God, thank you that we understand that faith, without it, it's un. We can't please you. So, Lord, we pray today that somehow, some way, our faith is stirred up in you, and that we will thirst and hunger for your word to know more about you so that as we learn more about you we know our faith will grow stronger in you now lord thank you heal deliver bring forth in jesus name we pray amen Hey, listen, you all, thank you so very much for your time today. I've given you some principles. Now, on your mark, get set. Let's grow. Have a great day on purpose. Know that I love you all much. God bless you.